Hello, I'm Meg Walker and welcome to My Kind of People. Join me as I speak to leaders and community members across the world who all share a passion for positive change. Each week we'll explore the power of community, leadership, passion and positivity and the beauty that can be created when these values come together. Each guest has been a big inspiration to me and I'm grateful to call them my kind of people. I hope they'll be yours too. I'm so excited for us all to connect really soon, but until then, I'm sending big love, good vibes and positive energy. Who are your kind of people? In today's episode, it's my absolute privilege and honour to introduce you to Desiree Dawson, a Canadian songwriter, recording artist, producer and yoga teacher who has been blessing the world with her healing qualities and creative talents. Desiree's work helps us feel, helps us heal and encourages us to better connect with ourselves and with others. So I feel incredibly grateful to have the opportunity to connect further with Desiree and to be able to learn more about her and her beautiful work throughout today's episode. It is a joy to welcome her into this community. She is most definitely my kind of person and I know she will be your kind of person too. Welcome to the podcast, Desiree Dawson. Hi Meg, thanks for having me. Hello, you are so welcome and thank you so much again for coming on to the podcast. It really is such a joy for me to be able to connect with you. I am a big energy person and I just felt such good vibes from you since first hearing your music and seeing some of your creative work online. So thank you so much again for agreeing to share some of that incredible energy with myself and the listeners today. Now, a little bit of background. I think I first came across your healing work through Dora Kamau, and I adore Dora's mindfulness and meditation art. So I think I'd been following her work for a while, and then I'd seen some of her posts with you, And then I guess the universe just brings us the gifts we need because I'm a huge fan of music. So you can often find me on an online music binge. And I believe one day I had a So Far Sounds playlist running in the background whilst I was doing some work. And suddenly I hear this stunning voice taking a Taylor Swift song, I believe it was, to the next level. And I look up and there you are again. So the universe had brought you in my direction once again. And then more recently, I heard one of your songs on a TV show I was watching. So I think the universe is trying to tell me that I need your awesome energy coming my way. And I've intentionally listened to so much of your music since. I absolutely love it. And now here we are. So I'm very grateful that the universe has brought us together once again. It's a joy to be able to experience your energy firsthand today. So that's a little background in how I came across you and your work. But I wondered, Desiree, if you could please start us off by telling us about where you have grown and flown. So where did you grow up and where would you consider home now? Yeah, wow. Thank you. Also, thanks for letting me know the journey of how we're connected I wasn't sure, but I also felt your energy. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're having this conversation. <laughs> I love what your podcast stands for. I love just your energy. So it's cool to hear all the ways that we've been connected before this. Yeah. 
Thank you. <laughs> um, so I am in Vancouver, BC, also known as the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and tsleil First Nations. And I was born here and raised here. It's strange. I still have this feeling of like, I don't know where home is. Like, even though I was born here and raised here, mm. I, I'm always, I'm one of those, like, I always have the urge to go somewhere else and to be like, I maybe wasn't supposed to be here or something. <laughs> um, so home is such a, has been a big question for me for a really long time, but Vancouver is the place for me where I currently am, where I've been for a long time and where I always come back to when I'm off doing my things in the world. Mm, I love that. That's such a beautiful answer. I was born and raised in the same place I currently live as well. And I think you're so right. For me, I think home is very much about the people I'm with. So having gone to different places and experienced different things and met so many inspiring people along the way, I agree. I think it's hard to sometimes know if a physical place is really home for us. I'm still doing that searching too. Totally. I also did this thing recently called ley lines. And I actually don't know much about it. But basically, it's like the energy lines of the world. And you can see, you can put in your birth chart information. And it tells you kind of what areas of the world are going to be really charged for you and what areas of the world are going to, where you're going to thrive. And it was so interesting because I want to actually find someone who can do these kind of readings. But for me, Vancouver was the one place that was like, it was basically like you feel very lonely here and, oh, you, no. and like it was like really intense stuff about Vancouver but all the other places were like this is where you find freedom and creativity and love and, and I was like huh this is strange <laughs> like why is Vancouver which is my actual home why is it the one that and it always has kind of felt a little bit like off so even though I love it here so anyways I just wanted to say that because it's very cool and it made me think like how can the place I was born be the place that also makes me not feel like fully myself or feel yeah. a little bit it's really interesting yeah that's really cool I'm quite a spiritual person but I have to say I've never heard of that before so I'm gonna have to check that out, check it out. that's so sad about Vancouver though yeah mm, but also exciting because if you're saying it's never quite felt like home and you found this resource that's agreeing but providing you with lots of places of interest that's pretty cool yeah, totally. I think the hardest thing is when people are here, you know, like my family and my friends, mm. like I have a lot of amazing, I have a big community here that I love. So that's what's strange too. I'm like, I wish that this is where I felt really like I wanted to be because this is where my community is. Although there's community all over the world, but mm -hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up. So where in that journey from Vancouver, BC, with all of these places in between and back again, did you start to develop your passion for music and songwriting? Was that always something you were passionate about? So music I was always passionate about. I definitely grew up in a house that had a lot of music playing all the time. I didn't grow up around musicians, but I grew up with like my mom always playing music and to fall asleep as a child, she'd put on music for my sister and I. So I was just like, music was something that I got to learn really early on is like a, a support system kind of. And I even think of now when I'm having trouble falling asleep, I'll put on music and I, I know what kind of playlists will help me go to sleep. And I know what kind of playlists will help me feel better. So I think I've always known that. And then when I was younger, I did things like musical theater and, you know, that kind of thing. But I didn't always know that I could do music as a career. And I think it was actually, as much as I loved singing, I was kind of like a karaoke gal. 
And then slowly, I, I actually did my yoga teacher training maybe eight years ago. Okay. And in my yoga teacher training, actually, it really helped me kind of, I guess, get more grounded and, and like, and remember my voice and find my voice and believe in myself as a singer and healer through sound. And so in my yoga classes, I started adding music at the beginning and the end of the classes, I would sing or play an instrument. And then from there, I started realizing that I can actually do this like a lot more. And so when I started teaching, I was, I threw a lot more music in there, but at the same time I started performing a lot more. So I I like to credit yoga teacher training, honestly, to, to like me coming out as like, I am a musician Mm -hmm. where before I'd be like, oh yeah, I sing, I, I'm a bartender, I'm a server, I'm a, I would kind of list a bunch of things, which still I'm so many things. It's hard to just pick one. But yeah, I I think, and that was in Vancouver that I did my teacher training. So Vancouver was very helpful for that. But then I did travel to Ghana and West Africa. And that was a time too, where I remember kind of first, like very shyly, but performing on stage with like a jazz band who was like, come sing Bob Marley. And I was like, okay. And then I just had bought my first ukulele. And, and again, this was maybe, I don't know, five years ago. I'm so, time is not real, but um, <laughs> so I bought my first ukulele and just as I bought it, I brought it with me on my trip and I was in Ghana for three months. And so I started playing it on the beach with friends and kind of writing songs here and there. And um, so I do feel like that was also very helpful. My first kind of time showing people my music, even though it was like really not that great at the beginning, but Yeah. I think a lot of artists feel like that, but everyone has to start somewhere, don't they? I was discussing this with Connor Price, who was a guest last season, and he was saying that if you look at artists' work that you really admire and compare their work now to some of the first projects they created, the journey of growth is huge. Everyone has to start somewhere. But I love that. And what a unique journey to have found I guess, the performative side of music that you love through yoga teaching. And actually, when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm, Totally. And I do think it was that bit of like realizing and starting to understand the healing powers and the energy of music Mm. and the vibrational like power that it holds. So even at my shows, it feels a lot more about like, like a healing experience than it does like a concert. And that was the, that's the feedback I get often. And that's the feedback, what it feels for me. And I'm like, something else is happening here. Maybe that was also was really helpful about it being in a space like yoga studios at the beginning. It just reminded me like, oh yeah, there's something more here than just like getting on stage and singing a song. It's like, it's all connection and energy and whoever's in the space makes the performance different. And yeah, so it's really cool. Mm, so cool. Such a cool experience. And you mentioned before about the healing power of music. What does music mean to you? And why do you think it is such an important contribution to the world? Yeah, well, I think I learn new things about why it's so important all the time. Like, I think, like, I feel like years ago, I was just like, music is life. And I wouldn't even <laughs> what I was saying. I would just know that it's like so important. And now I'm just learning from so many different angles. Like, again, the vibration of music is actually, it actually does something to our cells. It actually does something to our nervous system. And, and then there's the side of it where it's art. So we're expressing ourselves. Like when I express myself, it encourages others to express themselves in their own yes. different way. And then there's the side of it of like ancestrally, like singing, music, prayer, song, dance has been part of cultures for so, 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 so long. And many of us have actually disconnected from that. So to me, 
when I sing, it feels like I'm tapping back into something like some wisdom that I don't even really understand. So I think there's just like so many things about music that really excites me and really kind of gets me energized. Mm, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And I'm so glad that you brought up ancestry as well. I think that's a part of music that can often be forgotten, but it's such an important root of music because it's been passed down for so many generations. We've inherited music from our parents' generation and then our grandparents' generation. The history is so vast and music continues to evolve and inspire. So I love that you mentioned that. I do genuinely believe we are all connected through music in some way. And it makes me so happy to hear just how passionate you are about music as it's something that truly brings myself so much joy. It's played such an important role in my own journey and I often think back to moments in my life and I can remember what song was on in the background at the time. Just like you mentioned about the music that was playing when growing up in your house with your mum or I remember what album I was listening to and what I was feeling at the time. Like I remember first hearing the song Just Like Heaven by The Cure and being so struck by the thought of that's what love is like in a song or first hearing the miseducation of Lauren Hill album and not actually knowing how to feel about that album because it was so innovative and authentic and different to the music I'd heard before. And then more recently, I've been listening to your music and beautiful choruses work and almost feeling like I've transcended to a different planet because it makes me feel so serene. <laughs> it's so powerful and there have been so many artists over the years that have moved me in some way. So I wondered if you had any inspirations growing up, either in the music world or just life in general. Did you have any mentors along your journey? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so funny. My artist friends and I always say how this question for some reason is really challenging because it's like, I feel that I've been inspired and probably mentored by so many artists and listened to so much different music. And I don't even, it feels like I want to give them all credit, but I sometimes I just go blank. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. why don't I prepare like a list or something of the, of the artists? But like, basically, I think that I just listened to so many different things growing up. And like, for instance, when I was younger going to sleep, I would listen to this album by a group called Ladysmith Black Mambazo from South Africa. But there's a specific album called Gift of the Tortoise. And it was a children's version of Ladysmith Black Mambazo. And they would tell these stories and they would sing. And like, I still will sometimes find it on Spotify and listen to it because it just makes me so happy. But that was like such a powerful first time of like, understanding because sometimes it's just voices like there's no instruments with them they like make their voices into instruments and there's such mm -hmm. a large number of humans singing and so I like to think that even having that like embedded in my brain at a young age especially in times that was like soothing me to go to sleep and like I like to think that that was really supportive like the power of voice was was there with me whether I knew it was happening or not <laughs> um so that's something there's also another album called Claire de Lune that she used to always play. And it was another one where there's kind of like folk stories and songs that went along with yeah. it. So I love that. I wish the listeners could see the little dance that went along with that. 
because that was a gift. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to use this clip in some way because that in itself was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then I think my very first CD that was ever gifted to me was Desiree. Um, do you remember it? You gotta be there. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first ever CD gifted to me. And I was like, this person has my name pretty much, like without the eye. This yeah. is like so cool. So that was also really sweet to just hear a voice and story. And I love her voice. And I, I cherished that album so much. I put it in my little purple Walkman. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Like what a voice and album. I was literally listening to Life by Desiree earlier today, actually. <laughs> the lyrics are so great. So great. Yeah. So that's like some of my earliest memories of music. But then also my mom was always playing music. So like I said, I have like Bob Marley was always playing, always reminds me of like certain moments driving in the car. Stevie Wonder was always playing. Some of the first songs I ever sang publicly were like Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole songs. Mm. So I feel like I was exposed to lots of different genres when I was younger and all of those kind of supported me. I became really obsessed with Adele at her first album, 19, was like, I know every word to every song, probably still. What an album. Yeah, but there are so many inspirations in there. Mm, so many great names. I love it. And it's funny what sticks with you as well. I remember always driving in my dad's car and he'd have the music on. And those albums had such a big influence on me. Like, what's the story, Morning Glory by Oasis? I think by the age of five or six, I knew every single word on that album. But I think you're right. It can really be hard to pinpoint only a select few people of inspiration because music is everywhere. Even if you walk into a shop, music can be playing in the background. And I find it so interesting what captures our attention and sticks with us. But Gift of the Tortoise, I'm going to have to check this out. Oh, check it out. And I'm going to send you this other song when I was dancing. I'm going to send that one to you if I can find it. I've been searching for this album to see if I could find it and it's nowhere to be found. Okay, this sounds like a challenge. I'm going to have to help you find it. But I love that inspiration is everywhere. And did you have any mentors growing up? People that particularly helped you on your journey? Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like I've had so many and even if it was just like a one-time conversation kind of thing. And so I, I guess I'm sometimes hesitant because I'm like, I don't want to downplay anyone's role in like <laughs> supporting me. But I feel that what sticks out immediately is that I definitely, my mom has always been, I feel lucky to have a parent who never questioned me becoming an artist or stepping into music or my love of music. I, I have a lot of people in my life who've had to like fight to be able to be a musician without their parents questioning them doing like a mm. real job so my mom from the jump has always been like do you kind of thing and I feel really grateful for that so definitely feel mentorship vibes just in the sense that she let me be myself in many ways but then I also got into singing when I was younger so I had a singing coach for a few years named Tracy and she was just so amazing like she I just felt like she loved what she did and she has a beautiful voice and she just really like created the space in her little basement suite where I would go. And that was, a, I think that was a huge part of my life that sometimes I don't even really take that much or I don't really take that seriously. But I think that was really huge for me to have her support. And even now, every so often I'll mess around Facebook and be like, thank you. You're <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I would say Tracy was huge for that. And taking piano lessons was also great. So I had a piano teacher named Laura who was also so lovely and just 
let me do what I wanted and not because I didn't want to follow like Royal Conservatory. I didn't want to do um, like classical music. I really just wanted to sing pop songs. (laughs) And it was nice to find teachers who were like, all right, let's sing pop songs. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's play Bohemian Rhapsody again. (laughs) Exactly. So that was really nice. And then now I've, I've just like, I feel like I have such a strong, Vancouver is a really beautiful music community, especially the, the ones that I found myself in. It's just like love, support, mentorship, like peer mentorship happens so often. One of my friends who I work with right now named Francis Revelo, I always am like, thank you for being my mentor and just like such a great support system. So I think over the years, there's just been so many who have just allowed me to keep going and reminded me to keep going. And mm, What an awesome community you've got lifting you up. Francis sounds like a musical genius and big up Tracy and Laura as well. I think teachers are so, so important and it's often not until years later when we've grown up a lot more that we realize just how big of a role they've played in our journey. Even back then, I was probably like, I wasn't practicing. I was that person who like wouldn't practice before my piano lessons. And then I practiced like two seconds before and then I'd arrive and hope they didn't notice. It's like (laughs) they noticed. And I'm glad they still like believed in me because even the amounts that I did get from them, I could have got a lot more if I practiced. Anyone Mm -hmm. out there who's not practicing, like, try to practice more you heard it here first kids <laughs> <laughs> but like, also I'm just so glad that they just let me do what I needed to do there because what I did get from lessons was so helpful for me now even the basic stuff I learned was like so helpful as a foundation yeah definitely getting that solid foundation and theory work behind you is so important and I'm so glad they did help you because you truly are such a talented musician and songwriter I think your lyrics are so honest and reflective and this makes your music very refreshing to hear. It's like you can listen to your music and just exhale. Do you find the songwriting process an easy one and is it daunting sharing your own words so honestly? Ah, first I'm going to exhale because I really love (laughs) that you just said it's like you can exhale with the music because I think that's what I'm getting more and more to realize is that I want the music that I create to be like our music and I want it to help others find like ah, exhales Mm -hmm. and rest and restoration and I think like I really want my music to be a part of that so it's so cool to know that it is part of that for you. (laughs) I love songwriting and it's one of the things that comes super easy to me. I love it. It's fun. It's I could write probably like an album in a day if I actually let, let myself And I find that I am way more confident, like writing songs and sharing my thoughts through song that I am through speaking. And so I actually like when coming onto this podcast, I was like, this is practice for me because I'm really nervous about sharing myself through words that don't have music along to them. And then when there's music there, I feel super like I can express and it's art and it's, it can be whatever because it's art. It's very interesting. Like I love songwriting for that helps me release things that I maybe don't know how to just like in the day-to-day and as far as sharing music in the world it can be a little bit scary sometimes I think the biggest thing for me is this step from when it's in my head or when it's just me playing the song and I'm like oh I love this from when I take it to a studio get it recorded add musicians blah 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 blah. there's like this all these steps to make it like ready for the world and what I'm realizing is that those steps to make it ready for the world sometimes make me feel less able to let it out. I do, re- I thrive on Instagram because I just post videos of me writing a song, sitting on my floor of my room. It's not fancy. 
but that's what came out in the moment. And to me, I'm trying to learn how to put music out. That is that, that is that energy. Cause when it goes through too many steps and process, it feels like then I start to question everything. And I start to think like, oh, why am I doing this? It's a really interesting process that the music itself, I have no doubt that it should be out in the world. But once I get like too much in my head about it, then I'm like, okay, no, I can't release this. <laughs> and it's, it's a whole thing I have to work through. Yeah. And I guess as more people get involved in your work, as cool as that is, it could also make it feel a little less intimate as well. And you could run the risk of becoming a few steps removed as more people join the process. Interesting. I'd never looked at it that way. Yeah. And also it's like there's a music industry. And when there's an industry, it means there's industry standards. And so mm-hmm. I am trying to just step into the fact that I am going to be outside of the industry. And some songs might fit those standards and other ones might not. And I just really want to accept that. But it can definitely be hard to not get caught up in like what I should be doing and what mm-hmm. how I should release this and this song should and all the shoulds. I'm trying to let go of should in my life like in general. <laughs> It's something I'm actively working on every day. But I think that's a big thing too, is like when you're in an industry, then there's standards. And that's when if the brain, if the mind races too much about it, it's just like, it'll take me in a spiral of, oh, but am I doing it right? I'll start comparing like, but that person did it like this. Maybe I should do it like this. So I think that's also part of that process step is there then the doubts come in, then the industry standards come in, and then it kind of takes away the magic a little bit. Yeah, so really trying to learn how to, create the music, put it out in a way that feels less like all of those steps where things start to get too heady and less like in the feeling magic, which the songs are created in. Yeah, I agree. Industry is such a powerful word. It's interesting to hear the effect it has on other people. On the podcast, when talking with artists, we often talk about the community aspect of art. But as soon as the word industry is used, it can make the conversation feel so much heavier as it can come with this idea of mass production and like you say industries come with industry standards and regulations it kind of stifles the creativity and I think there's that fear that it can bring you further and further away from your own music Mm -hmm, totally and it's the reality when especially when art is your your love but also your full-time career Mm. it's hard to not think about industry when you're in it as a career you know So it's such an interesting thing to try to like weave and kind of like unlearn some things and and, and just realize like we can step into this industry that's created, but like as ourselves and it can be a bit harder to not fit in, but it's also like feels way better and more connected when I'm doing it in a way that feels right for me. Mm, Yeah, that authenticity is so important. And I really do appreciate how much truth you put into your songwriting. Like I've said, I find your music so healing and I'm really grateful for your willingness to be vulnerable with your work because I believe vulnerability is where the magic happens. And I think I've mentioned to you previously and you've brought it up as well how important authenticity is because when you're authentic and you're genuine, it gives other people permission to be themselves. And something that's been on my mind a lot recently is the quote, Be who you are because you never know who will love the person you hide. And I think that's also true for ourselves. I think so often, especially as women, we can be taught to make ourselves smaller. And many of us were taught early on in life that it's bad to feel certain emotions, like it's bad to feel angry, it's bad to feel desire. So we hide so much of ourselves away 
because we fear judgment or shame. And I think that's why it is so important to be authentic and honest, especially if you have a platform, because it can make such a difference if you can help promote and normalize that. So I find it so interesting to reflect on that quote now, as I used to only look at it from an outsider's perspective. But I think we would love the person we hide from ourselves, if that makes sense. We've just got to be brave enough to really get to know who we are as individuals. So thank you so much for putting music out into the world that encourages us to do that. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so glad. Like, it's it's really beautiful to hear that. These are the things I stay up at night thinking about. Like, all I want to do is like be a part of helping myself be free to be myself and to allow that in others because I just I have no space for the way we've been living anymore. Like I have no space for us, like denying our needs, feeling in shame, feeling like we can't express ourselves. Like everything you just said, I'm like, yes, we've so many of us have been living this way. So it's really, it's really, really beautiful to hear you say that. And it helps me remember like, okay, you're, you're on the right path, Desiree. Cause sometimes I forget. Sometimes I'm like, what am I doing with my life? For sure. And the journey of self-love can be a continuous roller coaster. That's something, I guess, that challenges me every day. And music definitely helps and heals. So thank you, thank you, thank you for putting your music out into the world. And I hope that my words of reassurance, along with the gift of the tortoise, will help you sleep better at night. (laughs) (laughs) And songwriting is just the tip of your creative talents because you really are quite the artist. You seem to be a part of every bit of the creative process, which is incredible. You write your songs, you can sing them, you can play them very well. Your ukulele skills are next level. I'm always in awe when you play. And in addition to all of the above, you also produce songs as well. So could you tell us a little bit more about the creative process when putting a song together? And do you have a favorite part of that process? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think all of them have a special place in my heart. So mm-hmm. I like all of them. Singing, I think maybe, maybe if I had to pick a first, singing would be the first, just because it's the one that comes the most effortless to me, mm-hmm. and it's also the most like instant gratification. <laughs> it's like I can just open my mouth and then it feels good, <laughs> you know. So singing is is amazing, but I I love songwriting as I already said, and producing is actually a really beautiful thing that I've been sitting with a lot because basically. In this industry, it's a very like male dominated industry as every industry is. I think when you hear industry, you're just like men. (laughs) men. So yeah, it's, it's a very male heavy industry. And I've had the pleasure of working with lovely men. And I've had the pleasure of working with those who are power tripping. And so as producers, they're usually like a lot of them, at least, but in the city and also just other artists I've spoken to are happen to be men. And so I never considered myself a producer, even though a producer is one who is kind of like seeing the song in its fullness and sometimes with others and in collaboration with others but ultimately is like kind of seeing the vision for the song Mm. and has like the ideas for it and so in my mind you had to be like a guy who pushed buttons and who like knows the audio technical side of everything and so it was maybe only a couple years ago where one of my friends Alicia Brilla who's just a brilliant artist and producer and singer and just everything she told me, she's like, you are a producer. Like, I don't know if you know that, but you've been producing your music for like five years now. 
but no one ever ever told me that I was the producer. So I've always just thought like, oh no, that guy's the producer, I'm the singer. So stepping into my title as producer has been really, really powerful. And it feels like I'm reclaiming a bunch of things and it feels like I'm, I'm stepping into like a powerful thing that yeah, I see a whole song and hear it in my head. And now I do need his assistance in helping it come out because I am not a very skilled audio engineer. So I do look for others in that to help me kind of do like the technical side of things, but that I have it and I, and I do. And that's one of my skills. So I just get excited about this because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who don't know that they're producers, even though they've been producing. It's kind of a really cool process to be in to kind of come to that realization. Yeah, own it. You are the producer. Yeah, but and, and for the song creation part, it's kind of like, it always looks different, but sometimes I will just hear some lyrics in my head that I start working with. Sometimes I hear the chords of the ukulele or piano or even just like a beat with my hands. Like I like to play body percussions a lot. So just like hand clapping and thigh slapping kind of thing. And then it kind of always unfolds a little bit different. Sometimes it's starting with lyrics. Sometimes it's starting with music. But I, I love the whole process. I love allowing myself to explore where the song could go. It's all really exciting. <laughs> yes, I feel the excitement. I love that. I love that. That's such a lovely answer. And I think creativity is so special because I think we can learn so much about ourselves through creativity. It can teach us so many good lessons in failure and mistake making. And that can be such a healthy and playful process to experience. I think especially as adults, we can often forget to play. We get so driven by goals and wanting to find a sense of purpose that we can forget to do things for no other purpose than the fact that they just bring us joy, whether that's dancing our hearts out or telling silly jokes or doodling pictures. And speaking of drawing and creativity, I've been wanting to tell you how much I loved your all-in lyric video. I thought the visual art on that was mesmerizing. I very easily get zoned out watching it and the merging of moons and nature in the video makes my spiritual heart very happy. What a beautiful collaboration of artistry. So who was behind the art in that video and how do those kind of collaborations come about? Yeah, okay, I'm so glad that you loved that video because I love that video so, so, so much and collaborating. So it was my friend, her name is Kansang Kirong. And we grew up, we went to, was he even elementary school? I don't know if it was elementary school and high school, but I've known her for a really long time. And we have the kind of friendship where we, we're really close, we see each other and then we don't see each other for like years, <laughs> but then we run into each other and we're like, hey, what's up? And so I ran into her randomly in Vancouver and we were like, let's get tea, let's do something. And so we got tea or a meal or something. And we started chatting about why don't we do something together? Because she's going to, she's been going to school for art for a while and she's amazing. And she does so many different forms of art. And she was just telling me what she'd been working on. And I was telling her what I'd been working on and the fact that I had just gotten a grant to work on this song. And I was like, mm -hmm. I want to hire you for this. Yes. Like I just got a grant. This is amazing. So yeah, it was a beautiful process. It was very flowy. Like I showed her the song, she really loved the song and I kind of told her the meaning behind why I wrote it. And then she was like, let me create something. And so it was, it, it felt really nice too, to be able to give her some ideas, but then to just trust that she's gonna make it 
so beautiful. And so she would send me edits back and forth. But overall, like I was just like, yes, what you thought of is exactly what it needs to be. And yeah, the process working with her was just like really, really beautiful. Mm, And that's such a beautiful testament of your friendship to trust her enough to collaborate on a musical project that means so much to you and to give her so much creative freedom with it. It really shows how much you love and respect her work as well. That's so special. And I always love to hear about how the universe works to bring people together. It seems that she appeared in your life again at exactly the right time. You were only going to go get tea. And yet here you are with a stunning lyric video that you've created together. It's awesome. So if you do see her again soon, please do tell her how much I adore her work in collaboration with yours. I think the video is absolutely stunning and I could repeat it all day. So glad. (laughs) Another thing that I was thinking is it's like such a cool thing to be in a place where I can just be like, you do what you think you need to do. Because I've also accepted that I cannot do every part of this. Like I, I don't want to either. It's too much work and I'm not a graphic designer and I'm not like that visual art is not my thing, you know, like, and I had to accept that, that like, I, I also don't really always in, envision like a full music video in my head. And I know other people do. So I'm like, I'm going to give you my like core values and my core like ideas. And then like, I trust that you're going to do it the way that feels good. And it's been kind of nice to give up some of that like control because I, it, it doesn't help to try to do it all. It like really is not possible and not healthy. <laughs> Yeah, and you really do contribute so much already. (laughs) Just put it out there. You really are so talented at a lot of things. So I wouldn't be surprised if you suddenly whack graphic designer on your resume. I I feel like you could do it, but but you only have so many hands and fingers. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that's awesome. And it's such a hard balance, isn't it? On one side, knowing that if you can trust the right people, it could take your project to the next level and they could input ideas that you never would have thought of. But on the other side of it, it's like we discussed earlier. You want to make sure that the process doesn't get so far away from you that it loses that intimacy and that authenticity that makes your work so special in the first place. It's a really delicate balance. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to what you're saying, too. It's a testament to like my friendship with Casey, but also just that energy between us. And I've had it with people who I don't know that well, but I can tell the energy is going to be flowy and that they also that we have like a similar like foundation or something from where we're working from. Uh, One of my friends, Francis, I already mentioned him, but I was having a IG live with him the other day and I was asking him like why he thinks our collaboration is so flowy and sweet and why also like kind of what his goals are when he produces someone else's music. And he was saying something like showing up with fresh ears and an open heart, he said. And I was like, see, someone who says that is who I know I can trust with the music. Yeah. because You know what I mean? Like, and, and so I was like, knowing that I'm making connections with those who have that energy of like, I'm just going to show up and try to serve the song the best that it can be. And I also really respect you and and your values and where you're coming from then it's like cool as long as we're respecting each other and there's like love there it's I I have a lot of trust in that process yeah that's awesome to hear and being an independent artist do you collaborate with other artists often 
And do you have to be really selective about who you collaborate with? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think at the beginning, I collaborated with just like anyone who asked pretty much. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And I was, because I have a whole other world of electronic music, like mm-hmm. EDM music that producers from all over the world who I've never even met would just like send me stuff and I would write on it. And that was a really fun kind of world to be in. And it was totally different than kind of when I'm writing my own music, but it was awesome. But I also realized I, at the beginning, I was saying yes to everything mm-hmm. because I just wanted to get a feel for what collaboration is and what it can be. But now I'm a lot more picky. I'm like, who are you though? Before I didn't even ask, like, who are you? I was just like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and now I'm like, what do you stand for? What do you, how's your heart today? Like, I just want to like actually know what I'm doing with my energy. Cause I realized how like sacred our energy is and how mm-hmm. it needs to be kind of like, for me, at least like, I can't just go out all over the place it needs to be a little bit more like treated with some sacredness so yeah it's it's such a journey yes it's definitely a journey I personally love working with other people and I think there is so much inspiration that can be found in collaboration I believe that with every new experience and person we meet our surrounding community grows it's a really beautiful part of life's journey And I think it's wonderful that you are part of several communities, it seems, because as well as being a very talented recording artist, you are also a yoga teacher. Do these two worlds intertwine at all? And what does it feel like to be part of these two incredible communities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like they are the same sometimes. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the communities feel like they're very merged. And um, I think especially creating music that, that's my intention is like what you were saying at the beginning too of like my intention for music is community it is it's healing together it's growing together it's like trying to find space to understand each other more and so that is also yoga you know that connection that unity with ourselves and with something greater when with each other so it kind of feels like they just go together really sweetly but I've noticed I have done a lot of traveling to Jamaica to Kingston Jamaica And when I first went there, I went there because I wanted to visit a friend who was living there. But I was like, if I go here, I need to work because I can't afford to travel without working. Um, And I was so I ended up getting in touch with someone who's now one of my closest friends. Her name's Elizabeth. And she owns a studio called True Self Center of Being in Kingston. And so I started going to Jamaica, staying there, teaching yoga and also staying at the yoga studio. And then within that world, it was just the art, the like visual art music, yoga, like it was all one community. And you'd see someone at the yoga studio and then you'd go out to the, like this outdoor party at night and you'd see the same people. And it was just like, it was so sweet to kind of feel, that was like when I really felt like, oh yeah, this is all one. (laughs) Like this is one giant community. And yeah, it was very beautiful to kind of get that taste of that in Jamaica, but then realize that that's everywhere I go and everywhere that I find myself. Yeah, and I think that's such an important but hard lesson to learn, isn't it? When you go to a new place and connect so strongly with it, but know that your time there is finite. The real challenge is to then pinpoint what it is about that place that is so special to you and then work out how can you bring those positive qualities to all of the future places you visit. I'm still working on that. What does your community mean to you and how has your community changed as you've continued to evolve as an artist? Hmm. I think so. I think maybe us within the community have actually all shifted and grown, but even a lot of us at the same time and together. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because when I say community, I'm like, I don't even really know 
like there feels like there's so many communities yeah. and I'm like my community, which is just like <laughs> thousands of people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think my understanding of community has shifted a lot and what that even means. And again, it's one of those things where I'm still every day learning what that actually means to be mm-hmm. in community. One of the biggest things I'm learning is like to be truly in community, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be open and you have to be able to connect. And sometimes along this journey, it can, it can be scary to do that. So as much as I'm like, my community's everything, I also find myself a lot of time, like kind of being in my little hiding bubble. And so I have to, I'm like, okay, hey, Desiree, if you love community so much, what could you do to kind of stretch yourself a little bit to learn to be in it even more, you know, and to, and to be yourself in it even more. So it feels like an evolution of like what community means to me has been like the clearest thing lately. Mm, That's such a thought provoking answer. (laughs) Sorry. I've got so many little thoughts going off in my head now. Like, what is it to you? What is like when you hear community or like, what is that? I don't know. What does that come up? What comes up for you for that? Mm, great question. I like how you've turned the tables on me there. <laughs> Nicely done. You could add podcast host onto your resume as well. There's just no end to your talents. But yes, great question. I think community to me is all about human connection. Now, you could find yourself within a community based purely on just geography whether that's your local or global community. And that can be made up of all kinds of different people. It could be with people who share your values. And it can also be made up of people who do not share your values at all. But we still have an opportunity to be kind to everyone in our community and to try and use it as an opportunity to connect. And I think it's actually quite often the people who we share the least in common with that end up teaching us the most. But I think we also have the choice to build our own personal communities where we can bring people into our orbit that do share the same values as us and who want to collaborate and build something bigger and better than what we could have achieved as just individuals. So, yeah. I think community can be found everywhere, whether that's through circumstance or choice. And when looking at how to create positive change in the world, I think our local or personal communities are actually the best place to start. You often don't need to look very far to find opportunities to help create positive change. So yes, definitely an ever-evolving idea and word. And for you, what has it been like to have an ever-growing online community as well? Online communities, whether for work or social reasons, seem to be becoming more and more popular with today's generation as new online platforms continue to emerge and develop. What has that experience been like for you? And has that changed your idea of community at all? Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting because as you were speaking, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, it really feels like how we're describing community is, is an energy. It's an energy mm. of like you're with others. But and, and I love that. And also it made me think of the online community because it's very much you are speaking to people, but it is like you're not necessarily meeting at a community center. Because I was thinking, what is it like to be in community when you actually are meeting somewhere with your community? You know, and, and I feel like a lot of my community is is a bit more on the 
a distant side of community. Like I don't actually gather with, I mean, of course, no one's gathering right now, Mm -hmm. but even before COVID, I think it's just an interesting thing to think, what does it look like to actually be more like physically with community? And I think I've, I've gotten great at the virtual sense of a community, but I, I would like to, when it's safe to, when we're able to, to start to explore more what it looks like to cultivate that like physical community. But yeah. I love the online community. And I think it every day, it just like teaches me how much energy it can be felt through a screen. And although I have my things with social media and where I'm in my computer, my phone, I'm just like, hey, get out of my face. Like I need to just like be yeah. in the real world. I so am grateful for it. And I've had some of the most beautiful connections. And I mean, this being one of them, like just based off of virtual connection. And so I feel very, very grateful for it. And like anything, it needs to be like approached with balance for me, at least like not getting too sucked into it. But it's nice to know that folks are there even when I can't see them and even when we can't be in each other's presence. And the cool thing is too, is that through this time with through COVID, what I've learned is that I've hosted events or done live streams and things like that, where even if it wasn't a pandemic, people couldn't come to my concert because they're in Brazil or, you know, you're, you're in the UK. <laughs> like, so it's just kind of like, it's cool that we're finding ways to be able to connect with each other. Even if there wasn't a pandemic, I would still want to be chatting with people and, and stuff. So it's, it's very cool. And I, I'm really grateful for it. And there's been so many times where I felt totally like picked up and my heart opened up when I was having really tough times through this community. And I hear that I've been also helpful for others in that sense. So it's, it feels very reciprocal and beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Definitely. I think online communities and platforms can be so powerful. And like with anything that has power, there has to be respect with it. I think that's really where the importance lies. It's about making the right choices and approaching these online communities with the respect they deserve. I actually find it so interesting when you look at people's social media platforms and see how many people are following them, because I guess you could also consider followers as part of your online community. And some of the numbers just blow my mind. Like, can you imagine if you actually gathered one million people in one room? (laughs) That is so many people to try and get your mind around. And I wonder whether physically seeing those numbers in person would change the level of responsibility you would feel over having a platform that could influence that many people. Because when you think about it like that, surely you would feel like such a massive responsibility. But then again, I think the responsibility also falls onto each follower, as we all have a choice as individuals in who we follow online and the communities we choose to be a part of. And just like anything, it's then up to us as an individual to then take that inspiration and put in the work to make positive change in the world also, right? Mm -hmm. We can see something online and think, oh, that's such a great idea, and this charity is so important. But then we as an individual need to do something about it. And with that, it's up to us to think, okay, well, how can I support this charity so that they can continue to do this work? Or how can I make my own impact in the world? Like I listen to your music, Desiree, and it moves me and fills me with all this positive energy. And it challenges me to think about 
how I want to use my own voice and my own creativity to continue to serve myself and others. Yeah, it's almost just like a little like inspiration spark and then you have to kind of take it to where you want to go with it. But you could choose not to do anything or you can choose to be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to follow it this way. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Like a seed, right? What change do I want to plant in the world and how am I going to make it grow? So, yeah, I definitely feel like social media can be such a positive and important tool to help create communities and to help promote positive change. We just need to make sure that respect comes with it both for ourselves and how we choose to show up in these online spaces, but also for others as well. And I love to hear that so far, it's been a really great tool for you to connect with people. And hey, what a blessing it's been to me. (laughs) I get to talk to you all the way from the UK. How cool is that? (laughs) And as I mentioned before, I've been so struck by your energy. And we were talking earlier about power and positivity. And I definitely think your energy has such a powerful and positive healing quality to it. However, it is, of course, not possible to be positive all of the time. That's just not how life works. And I think as incredible as both music and healing work is, they can also both require so much energy from a person whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually. Like you said, creativity and healing are very similar processes. They can be one and the same in a lot of ways and can definitely at times stir up discomfort and painful truths. Now, this might be an ongoing life question, but how do you try and find balance in taking care of yourself when doing this work? And do you have any tools that help you create a sustainable practice that will then help you keep a positive and motivated mindset over time? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely agree with you that I think it's lifetime work. And some days, like right now, I'm feeling in a nice flow. And like, I'm like, this has been a nice conversation. And you're inspiring me so much. And I'm just so grateful for you. And I'm feeling that kind of energy. But I'm like, most days I'm like, what is happening? This is so intense, this experience of like, like unlearning, of, of relearning, of seeing all these things that are coming up as I'm doing this work. And so I haven't, I'd say some days I'd be like, I have no idea. I have no advice for you, you know? And then other days I'm like, okay, no, I do have some tools. Like for instance, I love therapy, like talk, like therapy is mm-hmm. so amazing. And so I try to make sure that I I see my therapist when I can and and really have a space to talk things out and to get some clarity on some things that are coming up because sometimes it is really confusing. Like you're saying that it's dark, the stuff that comes up, it's overwhelming. It sometimes it just completely takes over anything else that's going on in my mind. And so I love being able to be supported by therapists, also a community of people in my life and friends and loved ones who I can go to. I feel grateful to have cultivated that and to Feel supported by people in my life because I am also such an isolator. So when I'm going through this stuff, I'm just like, I'm just like in my own little zone and I don't want to talk about it with anyone because it's so terrifying. I'm like, I don't even know what's coming up. How could I share it with anyone? And that's why I think therapist has been helpful for me because my personality type is tends to err on the side of isolation and like hiding. So to have someone who doesn't know me that well, (laughs) to just be able to share everything is like a first step. And I find once I'm able to get everything out and and kind of 
get a little more clarity, then I can actually also go to my, my community. And one of my, I think my 2021, I mean, I've probably been saying this for years, but feels like even more I'm passionate about is showing up in community in all the real fields. So like in grief, like grief has been something that comes up for me for years and years and years. But right now it's really showing some new faces to me. And, and I realize again, that's an isolated experience for many people. And so being able to show up in all the like honest feelings is my goal. And when I do it, I'm like, oh, okay. I feel so much better. Like I'm not just hiding in it in shame by myself. I'm now talking with others and others say like, oh, I've totally been feeling that too. And I'm like, you have, oh my God. Okay, great. So basically like I'm, I'm on a roller coaster with it all the time, but I definitely know talking to others, being in community, listening to others experiences. Like I love when my friends, even when I'm in like dark despair, I love when my friends still come to me because I'm like, it feels like this connection where we're still able to support each other. And I love hearing about what other people are experiencing and meditating. Like that's been really helpful to get back on. I feel like I am in it and then I'm out of it and then I have to be like, come back and then, I, then it disappears again. So being back in that space of meditation and physically like moving my body, dancing, I love dancing, just like sporadic. I call it noodle dancing. Um, I just put on like a playlist and I just like flail around and it feels so amazing. Those are some of my tools <laughs> that I've just been really uh, relying on and trying to nourish myself, like trying to be more mindful of like feeding myself and drinking water and kind of basic things that I personally can forget, especially when I'm deep in that darkness. So yeah, that was a lot, but. No, that was just the right amount. Thank you so much for sharing that. I agree with you. I think it's so important, especially when you have a creative and outgoing mindset as self-care can almost seem like a selfish act sometimes and it's not. And so many of us forget to take care of ourselves first. So I can relate so hard as a fellow Aquarius baby (laughs) wanting to be out there and changing the world, but then also wanting to curl up in a ball and be a complete introvert. So I feel you there, sister. I feel you there. (laughs) (laughs) And there are so many great and accessible tools available to us. For example, I've personally found meditation to be so helpful in my own journey. And I also love to be out in nature. Sometimes I do have to remind myself to work on a little self-care by physically removing myself from certain situations or spaces and just get out and get a fresh perspective or yeah just literal fresh air sometimes (laughs) totally I recently saw a post that was saying like because okay one of my other goals for this year was I want to take the path of least resistance that's been kind Mm -hmm. of a thing like just try to go with the path of least resistance but then there's this thing where like we also have to realize that it's hard sometimes to go out get fresh air and to make myself a meal and so sometimes I have to remember like there will be little resistance to stepping into the version of myself that I know I really want to be living in. So it's kind of a funny thing to be like, yes, I want things to feel a little bit less, you know, effort and trying to just go with what's coming, but also know that I do have to give myself an extra push every so often. And I do have to fight through that. Like I have to go against it sometimes. Definitely. And you're right. Self-care and self-love is most definitely a roller coaster. I feel like working on that is on my goal list every year. (laughs) It's such a big one. 
for example, when giving advice to someone else, I would say that meditation is probably my greatest tool to recommend and to share. But it's also the first thing I resist. Oh, yeah. Totally. Because I know it helps me so much. And that's the thing. When I'm in the wrong kind of headspace, despite that being the tool I know is going to best help me, it's also the tool that I'll resist the hardest. Kind of like a self-sabotage. So it's an ever-changing journey. And it always makes me laugh when people say, how are you today? I actually weirdly find that such a difficult question because it's so open-ended. I think, well, (laughs) do you want the honest answer? Because we could be here all day. (laughs) You know, right now in this very moment, I'm fine. But if you catch me in an hour, I might be crying into my dinner. (laughs) And then by 10 p.m., I'm right as rain again, (laughs) you know? Totally. I try to, but my friends and I have been doing the thing of like, how is your heart right now? So like, so then it can, it can let you start from now and then you can like build out to the other things, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. That might just be the question that saves me this year. (laughs) Yeah. Because otherwise it feels overwhelming. And I know what you mean. You're like, do I tell them all or do I just say like, I'm fine because I'm like, I don't know if you want to, if you have, do you have time, like how much do you want to hear? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have literally just summed up my brain process there. <laughs> Usually someone will ask me, how are you today? And I'll reply, yeah, all good. But my brain has just gone on this whole other journey. <laughs> and your brain's like, yeah, yeah, all good. Exactly. Absolutely. In 2019, I did this silent meditation retreat for 10 days, which meant no eye contact, no talking. And that literally showed me on the most physical level how much our mind and our mood can change from minute to minute. It's just bonkers. So I still struggle with questions like, how are you today? (laughs) As silly as that seems. And you'll see, I helped you out and I did not ask that at the start of the podcast because that can in fact be the toughest question of all. Yeah. And it's usually right at the start of a conversation. And it's funny because people often use it as a passing comment, but I'm like, wow, you've really started right out the gate with the tough questions here. <laughs> right. And, and then you're just, and then it kind of can throw off the conversation because you're, you're like, how do I, where, yeah. where do we begin? And then you're like, either I am fake and I pretend that I'm fine. And then that won't lead to a very authentic conversation. <laughs> nope. That will definitely lead you crying into your dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm an imposter. <laughs> yeah I would love to I would love to see more like when you even when you're just greeting strangers on the street and stuff like what other ways can we greet each other that isn't how are you but that is still like I want to know how you are but like I'm not going to just give you this one question that's just how are you like you know yes oh I'm so happy we're on the same page with this I think about it a lot because it seems that asking people how they are as a way of greeting, has become such a habit that it's almost like a passing phrase now. Mm -hmm. It sounds bad, but I think we can ask it almost on autopilot and we're not really listening to the response. Right. (laughs) I remember when my parents would take us to get new clothes as kids 
and we'd go into one of the clothes stores and they'd welcome you into the store with like a what's up or how's it going and I'd open my mouth to answer and they'd already be gone (laughs) (laughs) and it took me a long while to realize that unfortunately it was just a phrase they had to say to everyone who entered the store And I laugh at that memory, but I do think we are starting to become more like that as a society. We were talking before the podcast started about the weather, you know. We seem to have these go-to topics or phrases that we often cling to. And I don't know whether that's out of fear of being vulnerable Mm -hmm. or just routine, but we do get caught up in these throwaway greetings or phrases. So I love the idea of challenging each other to think of new ways to show up for each other. So yeah, if anyone is listening, please give us Aquarius's conversation tips, please. <laughs> I was also thinking like the cool thing is, is that I still like, I love how are you for if, you know, we're sitting down and I'm like, how are you? Like, and I'm, and I'm saying like, I really, I see you. I want to know how you are, whether that's starting from five weeks ago to, like if I have that if I were in that space together that question is actually powerful and also I love the weather I love being in the seasons and and I love the rain and I love the sun and I love how they make me feel different things and I love talking about it but it's when we take it into the context of like we don't really care we're almost like appropriating these like beautiful things and like making it into just some weird like in passing thing where we don't really care and it's interesting mm-hmm. since it's like I'm sure we do actually care about the weather and we do care how each other's doing But if we don't have time to actually be in that experience, maybe we need a whole other word. And maybe we need a whole other saying so that we don't confuse those and we don't like, then we don't downplay the weather and we don't downplay, how are you? (laughs) You know, I love that. (laughs) Yes. So well said. Thank you for tying it all up so neatly there. It's exactly that, making sure there is intention and presence behind it. As long as when we are asking these questions, we are present and we mean it, it stops them from becoming these throwaway phrases. And I have to admit, I can't turn my music brain off right now. Our conversation has gotten a lyric from a famous Meredith Brooks song stuck in my head. I don't know that song. Oh, it's a famous song by Meredith Brooks that came out in the late 90s, I think. And it's called Bitch. And it's all about how all women are multifaceted. Shock horror, I know. (laughs) But there's a line in the song that says, Just when you think you've got me figured out, the season's already changing. And it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, because those lyrics describe the idea of how important it is to honor all of our feelings and go through them, because otherwise we're never fully able to move on. If we don't honor them, then we don't learn from them. So yeah, sorry, I seem to have gone on a very philosophical sideline there. (laughs) That's something you'll learn about me. It always comes back to music somehow, and I end up getting a million lyrics in my head. But yes, I was really inspired by what you just said and the importance of these questions and also what you discussed earlier about honoring big emotions like grief. I know that's definitely an emotion that comes up a lot for me too. And it's so important to honor these feelings as they come up. So yes, in summary, it's about asking questions with intention and being present for the answers so that we can be honest and vulnerable with one another. 
So thank you for the question and thank you, Meredith Brooks, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> um, and is there anything you would like to see more of within either the music or mindfulness communities? How do you hope your work will continue to develop? Well, I hope that I, I personally hope that I continue on this path of feeling like it's safe to be myself in all of these worlds and safe like that I can speak what needs to come out and that I can sing however I want and that the fear of the industries can kind of part a little bit more and that it's, it comes back to just community. And I hope that more voices have space to come through, voices that maybe haven't always had the space to come through. And that we just have a lot more tolerance and not even tolerance, that word doesn't feel right. Like uh, a lot more space to just accept that there is going to be lots of different experiences and feelings and and things that need to come up and that we can all really learn from from listening to one another. Um, And yeah, I want to see that in every aspect (laughs) of life pretty much. Mm -hmm. But I I just feel like we all have so much to to share and and to learn from. And and I, I believe that's going to make that community question that I've always been kind of trying to understand, I think that's going to become a lot more clear for, for many of us when we kind of all start realizing that we have gifts to share and stepping into them. Mm, yes, stepping into our own light. I love it. Wow. Desiree, I genuinely could talk to you for hours and I am so grateful for your time and your energy today. You are a very special person and I would love for more people to see and experience your work. So do you have any upcoming events or projects that people should look out for? How can they continue to support and follow your work? Yeah, thank you. So, also, I could talk to you for hours. I was like, what time is it? <laughs> How long have we been talking? It doesn't even feel like long, but I'm like, it's probably been a while. But yeah, I just really appreciate you. And I'm so glad that you took a chance on messaging me. And I'm glad I took that chance of being in connection with you. And Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, I would say Instagram is kind of right now my main way of knowing what I'm up to. And I am kind of just doing things sporadically, like every so often I'll just like have a live stream concert. And I I teach online yoga classes sometimes with myself or with my friend Alicia. There's lots of other teachers I've been collaborating with. So I would say just kind of stay tuned to like what's going on on my Instagram and my website. I have a new single coming out on the 25th, which also happens to be my 30th birthday. Woohoo, noodle dance o'clock. If you're listening to this, it's probably already the time. You're, you probably have access to the song already. It's called To Be Me. Uh, and it's all about what we were just talking about, like just really stepping into yourself. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And it's a bit more of like an upbeat, dancey track too. So I was like, it'll be nice to have this, to, to do that noodle dance around the house too. Yes. Yeah, so I would say Instagram, Desiree Dawson Music. Is, is kind of the go-to and I'm on almost every other social media platform so you can find me there as well Spotify Apple Music Google Play all of the streaming services my website's DesireeDawsonMusic.com so there's also an email list there that you can sign up for for any big updates I'll be sending stuff out there as well amazing so many exciting things in the pipeline So yes, listeners, please do keep an eye out for Desiree's new single, To Be Me. And yes, happy birthday for your 30th on the 25th as well. 
I feel like you're giving us a gift by releasing new music on your birthday. It doesn't seem fair somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift to me too. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Stream and download that song, people, to be me. I also wanted to ask you Ooh. when your birthday is, a fellow Aquarius. Gosh, you're so good at this podcast hosting thing. <laughs> I am January the 29th. Okay, cool. Soon as well. <laughs> yes, it's right around the corner and I will be leveling up to the humble age of 28. I like to look at it as leveling up. I think your birthday marks another year of wisdom and life experienced. We've reached the next level of life. So you're two levels up on me. Um, you're going to have to teach me a few tricks. <laughs> um, I think some people can find the idea of birthdays and aging quite difficult, but I like to use it as an opportunity to be grateful for these age markers. Because not only is it a marker of having had another year of being alive, which I see as a gift, it also is a celebration of another year of experience and growing into yourself. So I love that your new song is called To Be Me. I think that's so apt. So yes, let's celebrate learning to be our true selves and leveling up. So happy level up day for January the 25th. <laughs> and you have already shared so much wisdom today, but do you have any final words of advice to share that have served you well? Well, not really, actually. <laughs> Perfect. I just think <laughs> I'm just I, right now I'm just hearing the lyrics to the song that you can now listen to. I don't need permission to be free. I don't need permission to be me. So I just want us to all live with that feeling that we don't need permission from anyone else to just be who we are meant to be and explore who we want to become and all of that. Oh, I love that so much. And I cannot wait to noodle dance hard to that song. Oh, Desiree, my fellow Aquarius, my heart is filled with so much joy right now and gratitude to have been able to speak to you today. I've had an absolute blast. So thank you so much for your time, energy and talent. I hope everyone listening can go and check out your latest single to be me as well as the rest of your incredible work. And I promise every single listener that you will be blessed if you listen to any of Desiree's music. So thank you so much again, Desiree, for continuing to lead with love and authenticity. Thank you for your healing work. Thank you for the joy that your beautiful music continues to provide. And thank you for being my kind of person. Thank you, Meg. You are so welcome, my friend. Keep shining and keep on noodle dancing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of My Kind of People. I hope you felt the positive energy from this week's guest. If this episode was of value to you, then please rate, review and subscribe. It's so greatly appreciated. Thanks again.